Welcome to the Campus Women's Ministry Podcast. This ministry is devoted to producing women after God's own heart and interceding for the society around us. Listen as Prophetess Zipporah Crown shares insight into God's Word. I pray this podcast ministers to you. So many reasons have been accused that she's, she was weaker. God did not use weaker in that context. It's very dangerous to take what the things God say out of context. The weaker was used in Ephesians when Paul was teaching about how to live in harmony with one another as Christian couples. Number two reason, they said the woman went exaggerating or she went dialoguing with the devil. They had dominion over all creatures. So it's not an issue of she transgressed a commandment by dialoguing with the devil. Number three, that she was exaggerating facts that God only said they should not touch, but she added on to and said that they were not, they, God only said they shouldn't eat, sorry. And she even added on to that they are not even to touch. And that's one of the strongest reasons so far used in all Christian literature for the devil going to tempt a woman. But if you stretch it in view of all that scripture says, it doesn't go, it snaps. You don't need to pull it and it snaps. So we say that is not the reason. So now we go back to the scriptures to find out the reason. We are saying that the number one reason why Satan tempted the woman was what God said before he created her. That it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make, and how did God solve the not being good? By doing what? Declaring that what? I will make you for him. That's the word the King James when means. When they say it's means, it means what? It's suitable, complete, complementary, and fit. Now Satan heard it. But we have proof that Satan heard it. Was he in the garden? Let's go to Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. All this is religion. When some of the old members are here, you never heard. See, you can have to preach this. We've heard it at nauseum. Ezekiel 28. Now, why am I talking about something that happened in Genesis chapter 3 and I'm referring to Ezekiel 28? Aren't you wondering? When at that time, Ezekiel's great-great-grandfather had yet to be born. Well, that is one thing you should know about prophecy. That's one strong argument for prophecy. Because the Bible tells us that no prophecy is of human origin. And in the realm of the spirit, there's no time. Are you getting it? The Bible said in God's presence, a thousand years is to him like a day. And a day can be like a thousand years. Do you understand that? So somebody, no, Moses was not there when Adam and Eve were created. How did Moses even hear the word that Adam said when Eve was brought? If you answer me that, then I, you can, I can also tell you that I'm wrong in saying that the answer is physical. Physical 28 verse 13. Let's read it together one more. Physical 28 13. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was a 
Then when you are reading that thing, bidi bidi, you will please read it with confidence. Let's go one go. Okay, thank you. Now, when the garden of Eden was described, note that the prophets in the garden of God, so I don't think it's another Eden, right? Then the next thing he says is that what? Every precious stone, we know that one of the descriptions of Eden was to name stones, precious stones. Do you remember? Do you remember? That's The next thing we want to ask is why, how do we know whether the, this person, the devil, was in the garden at the time of creation or before or after? Do you understand? This is not conclusive. The fact that the prophet saying that he, we were in the garden of the mentions all the, the stones that were mentioned in relation to the garden of Eden is not conclusive. What if it's afterwards? Right. So, what is the next evidence that this was at the time of creation? We find that from what the serpent came to ask the woman. How did he know that God had placed a prohibition on them about the dream? Ask yourself. Ask yourself. How did the devil know that God had placed a prohibition? Are you getting it? On them because as soon as he came, he didn't say, Hey, you small boy and girl. What did they tell you? He said, Yea, did God say that you should not eat of any of the trees of the garden? So this is my final conclusive evidence that his being in the garden according to Ezekiel was at the time of creation. Is it logical? Yes. Has he followed the rules of deduction and pronounced it not good? And then God declared what he would use to make it good, to solve that problem of not good. Afterwards, God now blessed and said it was very good. Now, if you are an enemy and want to destroy or cause the work of God, who would you go for between the two? Who, which one of them will you attack? Which of them will you attack? So the one that makes good is the one you go for. Because in destroying that one, is you know that at least the condition will be is not good and possibly worse. Are you getting it? Yeah. Good. That is what happened. Number two, it was a strategic thing. Why should God make a declaration before creating the woman and the man? The other preachers, he just said they should be. Why come and say it is not good? Why that oppressor certificate and universal declaration before creating? Because he knows an enemy is looking on. He knows the devil, the enemy is around. And he wanted him to hear it. 
You wanted him? Yes. Because it was important that Satan attack the woman and not the man. It was what? Important that Satan attack the woman and not the man. Hallelujah. want to answer is that if the woman was exaggerating by saying that they were not touched, number one, an exaggeration is a lie. Is it not? Then she was sinning before she became a sin. Because exaggeration is sin. You are saying things that ask, that's not as yet. You are damaging the facts. Either to deceive or impress. Are you getting it? So how can she be sinning before she became a sinner? Do you see why the Bible says that in interpreting, we should let scripture interpret itself? Number two, hear a little, hear a little, precept upon precept. Are you getting it? Now, if exaggeration is a sin, then the woman was created a sinner. Logically, she did not become sinful by eating her food, which is impossible because you will be contradicting the Bible wrong. Are you getting it? Now, if you go back, when God fully reveals eh, his, 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 his idea concerning clean and unclean, is there any unclean thing that God said is unclean that if you touch it, you will not be defiled? Is there anything like that? Go to the principle Anything that God says they should not eat because it's unclean. And yet they can touch it and not become unclean. Is there anything like that? Whatever was unclean to eat, when you touch it, you became unclean until evening. You have to wash your garment and stay outside the camp until evening. True or false? When you go sit down and take all the laws concerning clean and unclean, and you see the pattern is there for you to see. Now, hope you feel it. Now, God says, you shall not eat the flesh of this creeping creature. The next thing you see that he that touches his carcass or any part of it is unclean. And he shall wash his clothes and remain outside the camp until evening and he shall return. So by saying that we were not to touch it, it was not lying. Now, is there any part in scripture that everything God said was all put in one place. Let's look at Paul. Let's take a typical example of what put in the Bible. It's important for you to get this thing clear because it's a, spirit, a principle, it's a doctrine, it's a principle, established principle of scripture. Let's look at Paul. Now, the day that Paul was accosted on the road to Damascus, when Paul, in that context, we were told that the Lord said what? So, so let's go to Acts chapter 9. Let's look at it. Acts of the Apostle. I want this one to be well established in your mind. Do you see why the Bible says, study to show yourself up? Laziness in handling God's work produces false doctrines. 
And then the next thing is that if you don't find out God's full counsel, everything God has to say about the thing, then you conclude you also end up with false doctrine. So false doctrines are not taught by unbelievers. Unbelievers don't handle the word of God, so how can they come out with false doctrine? They see your work, they see their work here, the brown, the brown. The one who goes to the river best breaks the pot. If you are not using pot, you will ever break pot. So it's those of us who handle the word of God, who in our haste to establish a fact, bring about false doctrines. That's why God says, study to show yourself what? Approved unto God, not unto men. Men can be pressed and clap their hands, whereas it's incomplete and it's false. Saul's confession, Acts chapter 9. Now verse, look at it, verse 3. As he journeyed, let's read it together, one go. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. That's the full account, isn't it? Because the next thing they said, the men traveling with Saul's two speechless. That's nothing to do with what Saul did. Now Saul is narrating. That incident, let's go to Acts chapter 26. He's on trial and he's narrating the incident. Let's see whether Saul is adding on to or lying. Acts 26. We'll be running also. Acts chapter 26. Verse 9, start reading verse 12. Let's cut it short to verse 12. On one of these journeys, he's defending himself in court before King Agrippa, right? On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus. So Saul is now coming to relate the incident we read in Acts 9. I was traveling to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. 13. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Arabic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, in Agrippa, that is all relating the same incident. Was Paul lying? 
or Saul lying? No. Why would you accept the testimony of Saul, a killer of Christians who has been what saved to somebody created perfect, has never seen sin, doesn't he know sin? Let's go to first things. Are you are you with me? If anybody doesn't understand something, this is the time to ask. If something is not clear, because it's important to get these things back. What are we doing? We are setting the laws, principles of what? Biblical interpretation, call what? Eminentics and good. So when we hear somebody saying eminentics and all those things, that's just hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are, are you in uh, Kings? Yes. Good. We are in Kings. Second piece. Give me a, a, a bit of time. Let me look at it. Let's go to Second Kings chapter 9. We are looking at a typical incident. The prophet Elisha, reading from verse 1, summoned a man from the company of the prophets and said to him, Tuck your cloak into your belt, take this flask of olive oil with you, and go to Ramoth Gilead. When you get there, look for Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi. Go to him, get him away from his companions, and take him into an inner room. Then take the flask and pour the oil on his head and declare, this is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. Then open the door and run. Don't delay. What are the instructions? Number one, take this flask of oil. Go to where? Ramoth in Gilead. Look for who? Jehu. Take him into an inner room. Pour the oil on his head and tell him what? What was he to tell him? That says the Lord, I do what? And they said, after you've finished doing that, do what? Open the door and run. Good. It's not to stay because there's a king already. You have gone to anoint another king. It's treason. If you are arrested, you can be killed. He carries capital value. He said, don't delay. Don't wait to see the door. Just finish. Run. Run away and leave the place. Setting spiritual assignments are risky. You should be wise. Now let's look at the young man has gone there. So, so the young man, verse 4. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. And when he arrived, there were, there were the captains of the army sitting. And he said, I have a message for you, commander. Jehu said, For which one of us? And he said, For you, commander. Then he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head, and said to him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Isn't that enough? According to the commission he was given. Now let's read on. Verse 7. You shall strike down the house of Ahab your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab all the males in Israel, both bond and free. 
So I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Basha, and the son of Ahijah. As for Jezebel, dogs will devour her on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and no one will bury her. Then he opened the door and ran. Was the young prophet adding on to or lying? Thank you for listening to this message. Journey with us. 
read our daily posts, and connect with us on our other social media platforms as we study God's Word and get to know His perspective on human issues. Until next time, stay blessed.